Welcome to the Green Edge Podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our weekly update for the week ending 23rd of June 2023. It's not that Michael and I have been putting our feet up recently, but it's suddenly all got a little busy here on the Green Edge. If you read our post this week, you'll see that we're just embarking on a new collaboration with none other than City and Guilds. Now, for anyone who doesn't know the detail, the City and Guilds of London Institute was founded by the City of London, that's the city part, and 16 livery companies, the Guilds, in 1878, and it was granted a royal charter in 1900. It's best known for its work-based learning programs designed to build workplace competencies and to provide better prospects for people, organizations, and the wider society. And in today's drive for net zero, it's only natural that City and Guilds should be turning its attention more and more to the world of green skills and green qualifications. And that's where we come in. The Green Edge has been appointed to help out on a major new initiative by City and Guilds to define its green skills and qualifications roadmap. Michael, perhaps you could start by telling us what City and Guilds is looking to achieve with this project. Well, they're looking for a number of things, really. They're looking to build on our green skills knowledge base and build that across their teams internally. They're also seeking to develop comprehensive understanding of green skills and the whole landscape of green skills and what the role of City and Guilds might be within that landscape. And finally, developing and delivering a green skills strategy that employers and individuals need to transition to a more sustainable economy. Pretty ambitious set of targets for themselves, but they are a major awarding body in this country and a major trainer because they have a whole series of specialist training companies. Indeed, indeed. Well, this is a project that's going to be running from now and into 2024. What are we planning to do over the next few months, Michael? Well, the first phase is made of two components. The first is a series of educational podcasts, and we've got about 16 or 18 episodes that will cover both green skills in general terms and then into specific sectors. And the second component is inputs to their development strategy and their roadmap to deliver that strategy. So it's a pretty meaty piece of work. And I think with first phase, we're trying to get completed by Easter of next year. Okay, quite a bit of work there. But we're inviting our subscribers to take part, aren't we? We most certainly are. When the email goes out to everybody this afternoon, or sorry, yesterday, they'll be asked, where could they contribute to this process? If I look across all our network in the UK in particular, they have little pockets and large pockets of expertise that could contribute to this endeavour. And I think it'll give good visibility to any of those organisations wanting to contribute to the 1,400 staff of City and Guilds and, of course, the many hundreds of thousands of learners that it supports every year. I think you just gave the game away about when we record this podcast there, Michael. I did, but it's always best to be prepared. It always is. Anyway, a reminder that you can find this week's post, which contains an invitation to join us in the making of the City and Girls podcast on greenedge.substack.com. And you can also find this podcast on all the major streaming platforms, including Apple, Google and Amazon. Now, back at the end of April, we published a post called Fitting the Frame to the Picture, And in it, we looked at some of the skills frameworks out there, green and otherwise. And I have to admit, we had at least half an eye on doing the project with City and Guilds when we wrote it. But since then, we've had a few more interesting discussions on skills frameworks. Michael? Yes, we've been certainly talking to the Chart Institute of Waste and Environmental Management. 
We continue our discussions with EMEA and their Green Careers Hub. And most recently, we had a fascinating chat with Ingenuity. Now, to old stages like me, Ingenuity is the old engineering industry training board, then became SEMPTA and is now Ingenuity. Now, Ingenuity and the conversation we were having is all I call is their data hub. They've amassed a series of data sets that allow them to frame a detailed taxonomy of engineering and manufacturing skills, both for the digitization of the economy, but also the greening of the economy. And this then leads you to understand career pathways, career entry points, the levels and progression, the relationship between qualifications, and gives you a real frame of reference. And we'd have thought the work they're doing will actually be a major building block to the STEM side of the greening of the UK economy. And you have in your hot little hand a report from LinkedIn that we'll be using quite a bit going forward, I guess. I think we will, and we'll certainly list it in our upcoming listing of reports. They do an annual piece of work looking at green skills using the membership of LinkedIn and what they choose to self-declare and also the jobs that get posted on LinkedIn. This gives them quite an interesting insight. number of things that strike us, about 16% of workers have one or more green skills. Therefore, seven in eight don't. Interesting. The proportion of the total workforce with some form of green talent is increasing by a median of about 12.3%. And the share of job postings is jumping as well. So we're seeing growth and accelerating growth. The speed of growth and the speed of uptake of people is greater if they possess green skills than those that don't from the data they possess. We see this as all very positive, I think, in many respects. And if you start to bring it down to earth, and there was an interesting piece written by Sarah O'Connor in the Financial Times this week, looking at heat pumps. We spoke to friends of ours at the LSE and also at Nesta. And I smiled when I read it because I thought context is everything in these discussions. Because what they forgot to tell us is that every year, about 1.7 million gas boilers get installed in the UK. All we need to do is convert that to heat pumps, do that for two years, and we've displaced any requirement to import Russian gas into the UK. And we're going to change these boilers anyway. If you then look across Europe, Europe installs about 2 million heat pumps every year. They need to jump that to 7 million. And the workforce they require, there are about 500,000 people required to do the heat pump installations across Europe. So whilst we are seeking to challenge ourselves and increase the rate of heat pumps, as is the bulk of Europe, there are only two countries that seem to be in balance when it looks at skills and heat pumps, Poland and Norway. And Norway runs 10 educational programs for heat pump installers and related skills. I think there's quite a bit we can learn from countries that are in balance and already training a lot of people. I think I might write a letter to the FT to that effect. Get your pen out. I can I can believe Norway, but Poland? I suppose they're really trying to get out from under Russian gas, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And, uh, and coal, locally coal. And coal. Mm. And also, they've got an incredibly well-trained, skilled group of people. Hmm, wonder where they came from. So, uh, going back to the City and Guilds project, uh, we're obviously delighted to be working with them on this. But, Michael, what are our friends, the City and Guilds, actually looking for from us in this project? Well, they were looking for expertise and knowledge around green skills and what is happening. And they have been an early subscriber of ours. And they were seeing the library of materials we were starting to put together from our reports, from our multiple posts, 
and our conversations on the podcast and of course other pieces of work where we've collated together and actually portrayed it on our data portal and they were basically saying we need that in-house within city and guilds to help drive our internal development of our staff and their understanding but also to develop our own thinking around this topic because if you look at the green skills transition it's got colossal breadth huge depth and increasing speed and within those sort of three dimensions there's lots of tensions and they're trying to work their way through those tensions and set some priorities around the nature of the qualifications and standards we need to succeed in the UK and the feedback we've had thus far from city and guilds is that they like the fact that our coverage is national local and industrial and they consider us as providing a valuable source of publicly available information on green skills so they're asking us to look at the green skills landscape through their city and guild lens and that's great feedback for us to have thank you very much city and guilds and finally michael obviously we're under terms of confidentiality with city and guilds for the project deliverables but we will be reflecting some of the things we're finding out in the process back onto the green edge won't we we most certainly will because if you think of the number of discussions and conversations we'll be having over the next 6 or 8 months there'll be a colossal amount of material we will generate and we'll be seeking at every twist and turn to share that as we have been for the past 18 months. Thank you, Michael. Right, let's get back to work. Exactly right. Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights.